Hey y'all, welcome to today's episode, Candace Speaking. I'm bringing you guys an amazing interview today with Kay McCoy, who is a photographer that you may know online for her amazing street photography, as well as her photography of spaces. The cool thing about Kay is she also dabbles in other creative mediums as well. We talked about how she became a photographer, how she grew her business, how her eye has evolved over the years, and just so much more. We discussed what it's like to be a business owner who is a nomad because she's always in a new location. Um, We even discussed dating and relationships a little bit, which was really interesting. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation. Unfortunately, Michelle was not able to join the conversation, but you will hear from her next week. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Hi, Kay. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. (laughs) So excited to be here. Good, good. So... Um, basically I just want to tell everybody that I met you because you came into my co-working space Monday and co and you were just there being bomb and you took some pictures and you literally just took some pictures on your iPhone and (laughs) I was like, queen, like what (laughs) aesthetics? Like, yeah, no, for real. That's like my profile picture because it looked that good. (laughs) That's why I was like, um, can I? No, literally after I took those photos of your space, everybody was like, where is this? Oh my God, I have to come Like, you did that. You did me a big favor. So, (laughs) So, I know you're a photographer, but every time I have somebody do an interview, I always like to start off with, what was your childhood like? Was this something that you always were into? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up, basically? I actually wanted to be an inker. So, as a kid, I was definitely always into art. Um, I was, like, always drawing, always painting, um, super creative, but... I actually wanted to be like an illustrator. So I grew up like watching Disney movies, like 101 Dalmatians, even as an adult, it's still one of my favorite movies. And I just love like the coloring. So I thought that I was actually going to be an illustrator Mm. um, and actually coloring the images that like Disney and like Pixar do. But when I got to college, I realized that the amount of drawing that they make you do to be an illustrator. One about that life. One about that life. So I know an illustrator. So you can draw. I can draw. Oh, wow. Do you still do it for fun? Or I haven't drawn in a long time. Like, I'll do really? little doodles and things like that. I do like to paint. Like, it's more abstract, like colors and stuff like that. But I have not honestly done it in a while. Just because it's just not your immediate. Yeah, right just now. it's messy and... <laughs> You said it's messy. It is. Like you have to have like get all your paints together, That's your true. water, Whereas with and all that stuff. Photography, you just need a camera. Yeah, but I I actually from wanting from going to school for illustration, I actually picked up um, graphic design. So one of my teachers, you know how like when you're in college, you have like meetings with your teachers uh-huh. and they're like, "What do you want to do?" And I was very kind of transparent with them and let them know like I did want to be an illustrator, but it's just the intensity of this drawing it made me realize that my skills weren't necessarily where they needed to be. And I didn't really know if I was passionate enough about drawing to, you know, get to that point where you practice like all the time. Right. Yeah. And so they were like, have you ever heard of graphic design? And I was just like, no, I've never heard of graphic. Like, what is that? And so they advised me to take like a graphic design elective Mm -hmm. and I loved it. So it was kind of like, I could mix like little aspects of like little paint splashes with text and, 
pictures and things like that and pretty much I ended up changing my major to graphic design. design. So. Okay, so then that actually triggered something for me to ask you. Did you grow up with a lot of college graduates and stuff like that in your family? No, only my aunt. She went, she got her master's. My mom, she never finished college. Um, and then like and my you grandmother did. and aunt. Yeah. See, that's kind of how I was. I actually am a dropout though. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Boom. <laughs> I didn't know that. So that's good to know. But I also came from a family where I would have never known what graphic design was because I have an aunt who went to college and that's pretty much it as far as my close family. And so I always find it interesting how we stumbled upon our careers because that's literally what happened to me. I wanted to be a news anchor. And then um, I realized like, I don't like looking at myself on camera and stuff. And I don't want to do all the politics or whatever. And they were like, oh, you should take this Photoshop class. That was my senior year, though, so I was a communications major, but I I wish I had gotten into graphic design earlier because I fell in love with it, like video editing, all this kind of stuff I love. It's definitely fun. It's like you can mix a whole bunch of different mediums Mediums together. together. Now, I cannot draw, though, at all, but... You know, I could pull some elements, right, you know, go on right. creative well, you can market. Hire an illustrator and you can bring it yeah, in. Yeah, we like... have an illustrator actually. Okay, so you are a photographer. That's basically your bread and butter right now, right? Yeah. How did you stumble into being a photographer first and then being specialized, like how you are with like street style photography? And then I want to get into spaces after that. Totally. So I actually kind of. I've always been interested in like style blogs. So like back in like 2008, 2007, when like the quintessential bloggers were popping, like Ami Song mm-hmm. and Carla's Closet and all of those girls. Um, I used to just like love, just like love checking out the blogs, looking at their style. And I like the pictures and I used to like, not screenshot, but save on Pinterest or like download them and used to follow them on Instagram. And I just noticed like the little detail shots that they would get. So I had always been interested, like, Oh, you know, I would love to kind of like shoot bloggers. Um, when I was working a corporate job and we got a bonus check and I decided to pick up like a, the entry level camera. So I think Mm -hmm. at the time it was like 2013, I got the Canon Rebel T3i? T4i. Oh, girl, you went a step. Oh, what? Right. Yes. I got the T4. <laughs> I still so, I had it for like a year and like really never picked it up. Like I think I t- took a couple shots of like my mom or some of my friends and it was cool, but I wasn't like super into it. Um, but when I decided to quit my job back in 2014, I moved, I was living in LA at the time and I moved to Atlanta where I'm pretty much where I was raised. And there was this girl that was following me on Instagram at the time. Now at the time I was working at like a kind of like a Google culture job, like uh, at, it was a company called Tom Shoes. Okay. And I was working like in social media and we had like happy hours every Friday. We had a slide in our building, you know, you get free shoes, they take you on all these trips and things like that. So I was using Instagram and I was kind of showcasing like my life. And so I had been able to kind of meet like different people. And when I moved back to Atlanta, this girl, she messaged me and she was like, I feel like I'm being your Instagram friend for a while. I see that you're, you know, moving, you moved back to Atlanta. I would love to meet you in person. Can I take you to lunch? And I was like, sure. So we linked up. She's super cute. She was super cool. She had a blog. She had a style blog. And her boyfriend was taking her pictures at the time. We kind of developed a friendship over the first few months that I was back home and her boyfriend ended up getting a job in LA. Oh, funny. And so he was, he was like the only, this is like 2014 blogging was getting popular, but you know, 
if you don't, people weren't really like Respectful super paying yeah. photographers like that. They were like getting their boyfriends to do it. And so she didn't really have like a backup plan. Like, okay, if my boyfriend is not here, who's going to take my pictures? So she was like, I know you have like a camera and I know you don't really shoot, but you just have like such a good eye because of the photos that I was taking like on my Instagram. So she was like, would you mind like helping me? Because if my boyfriend's not here and you don't help me, she's like, I don't know what Aww. I'm going to do with my vlog. <laughs> she got pulled on your heartstrings. Yeah, and I liked her and I liked her style. And so um, we like test shot one time. And actually, if it's funny, if you follow me on Instagram, um, I posted like a before and after well, like my work now, and then it like worked. that first photo that I that that was like the first photo that I had ever taken of mm-hmm. her, and it's just growth. But <laughs> <laughs> it's growth because I looked at that picture the other day and I was like, wow, you really? know what I mean? Like, I've well, come. that's like me looking at my vlogging pictures from back then. First of all, the style, just yes, period. Yes, just... even if you look at like some of the OG bloggers, like mm-hmm. go back and type in like Ami Song two thousand seven. It's like, ooh, we ooh. that's what we was doing. We was right. on that. Yes, so. Um, she pretty much got me into, into blogging and I love shooting with her. Like it was kind of like, I've always loved like clothes and I personally don't have like that personal style, but just for me, I think it's very aspirational, inspirational to see women who are able to kind of like put together certain textures, mm. certain colors, certain silhouettes and things like that. And so it was really inspiring for me to shoot, start shooting with her just because I really did like her style. Um, and so from sh- me shooting with her, um, she had a pretty decent following at the time. I think she had to make maybe about like eight or 9,000. So people were like, oh, your pictures are really cute. Like who's taking your pictures? And she would tag me. And then pretty much from there, people would um, reach out. And then you started charging? So actually from there, um, a blogger here in Atlanta, Maddie, she mm-hmm. used to go by Maddieology. She had actually hired me and Maddie was the first person to actually pay me for photography. So, shout out to Maddie. Shout out to Maddie. Shout out to Maddie. Okay. So I guess the thing that I see you do a lot now is spaces, right? Like you have a whole Instagram dedicated to spaces and you do it so well. Thank do you. you get paid for that or is that just your side project? Do it's people- actually just a side hobby for now. Um, a lot of people have told me that like, oh, you should get paid for it. I'm not quite sure how to monetize that page quite yet, but it definitely has become kind of like a little side baby like I don't sometimes I don't always know what to post on my my personal slash work page um but I do frequent spaces all the time I do just kind of like especially now that I'm a full-time photographer um I like going to different coffee shops I like coming to cute spaces I like going to cute little shops if I'm traveling to a new city I like to just check out like what type of cafe I'm just into interiors yeah Um, especially living in LA they, and that's the thing always, I love. Yeah. They always have like a new cafe, restaurant, something cute that's always popping up. And I just feel like it's been very hard to find spaces that are like that because a lot of people either focus on like the food itself or the clothing or the coffee. But for me, it's actually just the ambiance. Like if there's great natural light, if the way that they put the decor together is like Moroccan inspired or super airy, like Bohemian or something like that. Like it inspires me for some reason. So um, it it was kind of like, wow, I wish there were more places like this. But then people would always say, well, you posted three weeks ago on your Insta stories, this space, can you tell me where, where it was? And so I kind of got a little tired of people asking me. So I just was like, you know what I should do? I should just create a page where if you want, if you're in LA 
if you're in Atlanta or if you're in New York, which are the three places that I pretty much frequent, then you can just go on this page and check out whatever space it is that you're looking for. Oh, that's so cool. Do you have hashtags for each city? Yes. So it's Cookie Space LA, Cookie Space ATL, Cookie Space NYC. I'm about to start following the actual hashtags. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So I guess for me, right, it just seems like you have an eye. Like you took a picture of the mugs in my kitchen (laughs) and I was literally like, how did you make, how did you do that? Do you think it's just natural for you to just look at something and see how to frame it and how to edit it? Did you... Do you have some kind of mathematical equation in your head? I think um, I think it's part natural, but then I also think over time, like I went to SCAD, so I went to Savannah College mm. of Art and Design. And if you have ever visited SCAD, or if you're a, a you know a person who went to SCAD, they don't play when it comes to aesthetic. Like okay. everything they do, from orientation to events to just how the school looks, like everything. So, um, I actually came from a really smaller school. I was there for two years, and it, it was okay. But they definitely didn't appreciate aesthetics in the way that SCAD does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I served as a student ambassador for a few years, so that allows you to kind of just see the behind the scenes, like when guests come, how they treat guests. Mm-hmm. And they just do things like on a very like high level. So I think being in that environment, just kind of being introduced to maybe like the finer side of life a little bit, it kind of refined my eye mm. to the things that I'm into. And so I think over time, when I see something, it's just like, I see it in a very artistic way versus mm. like, oh, some someone else may say, oh, that's just mug sitting on a counter. But to me, it's like, there's like a rhythm of yeah. the color of mugs sitting on that shelf it's that's a wood shelf you know what I mean yeah that's so that's so interesting so then what made you drop out so I dropped out because I got in, I thought I got a good job and I thought like I don't need school you know what I mean um I've always wanted to go back but photography actually picked up really well so so you're just like there's no point I I kind of feel it's like school is no not point. for everybody not. everybody it's... doesn't need it to be successful no I don't think that everybody needs it to be successful I mean there are tons of people you know billionaires mm-hmm. even who have who dropped out of college I would love to go back it's just very time consuming um and then just financially like scatter especially scat it's very expensive yeah I guess it's just because the space is right here a lot of people who come in here either graduated from scat or either still go to scat mm-hmm. so yeah everybody's like girl it's really expensive it's very expensive and do they give scholarships really, they do give scholarships but even after a couple of scholarships I mean I definitely didn't get a full ride but I definitely had like some grant money and a couple of scholarships but it still is expensive you know um not to say that the money is the reason why I'm not going back, but I'm just like, I'm doing pretty well. So. On your own. So yeah. I kind of want to talk about the business side of stuff a little bit, because a lot of the people listening are probably influencers and then some people are just business owners. So how did you structure your business? Like once you realize like, oh, I'm making money from this. How did you structure it? You mean in terms of like, like do LLC? you have an LLC? Yeah. So I'm an LLC. Um, did you do you save money for your taxes out of every paycheck? Do you, like how do you handle the business aspect of being a photographer? I feel like I was kind of thrust into it, and so I don't think that I structured it in the beginning as well as I probably should have, like paying the taxes quarterly and things like that. I still struggle with that a little bit. Um, so I'm actually looking for like a financial like advisor, coach to kind of like help 
you figure that out line just because I'm officially four years into my business. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much like just internet research, honestly, or if like meeting up with friends or sometimes just conversation. Like, exactly. Like clients who may kind of be like on a more like faster track or something like that. Like, hey, do you have this in place? Do you have this in place? And it's like, oh, I didn't even know about that. You know what I mean? I think a lot of us got thrust into it, though. Yes. A lot of people, because even with me, I was either going to kill my boss or quit. Right. That was it. Like, there was no was third me. option. I was crying in my car because I just could not. I couldn't take, yeah, it was just to the point where I was like, I hate my life every day. Yeah. Yeah, You spend so much time at your corporate job. It's like, you gotta love, you gotta love it. I don't Mm -hmm. think, I also think like there's like this rhetoric that goes around sometimes where it's like, everybody should be an entrepreneur, but I think some people really flourish and succeed in corporate environments and they enjoy their jobs. They enjoy what they do. They're challenged and you know, they feel great at the end of the day. They're excited to go into work every morning. I feel like those people, if that's your lane, do it. Yeah. But if you're crying in your car, and you hate it and you have a side passion and you want to do it then I say hey you should at least give it a try I agree and I think that that's really important um one of the things that we're going to talk about in this podcast is being entrepreneurial within an organization Mm. because you can still get aspects of that but also some people just want a job and I think that the shame that we have online right now is kind of gross and I don't get it and when I think about the entrepreneurial journey like last week I was going through it like yes. straight up. Yes. I'm quitting. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. And then this week it's like checks are coming I'm in. Amazing. Pe- this is great. Yeah. It's like, that's an emotional roller coaster. No, it, I is. it is. It is very, it is very much so emotional. Roller mm-hmm. coaster. I think that we talked, I was on a panel last weekend. Someone in the audience asked like, how do you transition out of like corporate life? And it's like, I think it's totally different for everyone. I loved that you said that. That was the realest thing. I hate when people think it's a one size fit all. They do. I really do think that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in, although that was my first panel that I was personally on, I have been to other panels and I have noticed that that is a common question. That it, That's a common question that people ask and they think that there's like this, like standardized answer and I'm just like no it's really different for each person and you should have or at least I think you should have some type of support system like with me I'm married so I had a husband but some people live at home I have a friend who saved up for two years she saved two years of living expenses yes so as long as she just doesn't go crazy she's good that Mm -hmm. means she has the time to not be stressed out about building her business because it generally takes like 12 months or so right and then she has another other year so even if her business starts to do well you know so that's what i think that people are missing and i just think a lot of people just aren't being real about their story either and i also kind of feel too that it's easy to forget how hard it was once you're over it too i think that people some people who have not yet taken the leap to be like a full-time entrepreneur maybe take some of the things that entrepreneurs say online and they over glamorize it Mm -hmm. so I think that while it's all fine and dandy that we have like freer schedules where we can make our own schedules blah 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 it's just like there are some there are some harsh realities to everything and I don't know. I think it's just a matter of like, you really kind of have to know, is this really what you want to do? Like, are you going to quit your job because you love, like, for instance, like, did I quit my job because I really love photography? At the time, I didn't even know that I loved photography. (laughs) I thought I was going to, 
I had actually picked up a few freelance graphic design clients. So I thought I was going to do graphic design. Photography just kind of came out of nowhere. But um, I think that you just have to know, I don't, I don't want to be in this situation anymore. I don't want to be at this job anymore. And I'm ready to just have faith. I guess another question I have for you is because you're a photographer, you travel a lot and you don't really stay stationary. Like you don't have like an office or a home base or anything, right? As of right now, no. Right. So um, what were your startup costs? Was it just the camera and that was it? Do you do like advertisements and stuff like that? I would say the initial startup cost for me was definitely the camera, definitely the lenses, definitely like filters, a camera bag, you need a laptop, things of that nature. Um, so the equipment, as being a photographer, I mean, it's all about the equipment. You want to make sure you have like top notch. Um, you just want to have top notch gear. I think, again, for the, when I first started, it was more like as a hobby. So like, I've definitely bought like a lower end camera. So like a T at the time, like I think it was maybe like $600. Mm-hmm. But then once you kind of, it, increase your skill set it's like okay i've outgrown this camera so then the the cost to maintain or but were you making money before like when you started yeah so you were just investing back into your business yes yes yes, for sure okay and i want to talk a little bit about the clients you work with because you like you say you're primarily in atlanta new york and la are you working with the same types of people all the time is it different during the cities in each city so my clientele First started out, first starting out was definitely bloggers, just because that's what I was shooting primarily. A lot of blog, they would shout me out, they would tag me. So then, aspiring bloggers or um, kind of like well-known bloggers would reach out. When I moved to LA, my clientele kind of changed a little bit because I started working with um, more like boutique boutique owners. So I was shooting a lot of like kind of e-commerce, but I think it's on Instagram, there's a more of like a lifestyle aspect mm-hmm. to it. So it was still kind of like blogger style, but it was definitely just for like promotion of the items of clothing. So I was working with a lot more people in that realm. Um, but I, I would say like overall steadily, I definitely work with like black women in like black women uh, business owners. Okay. And then boutique owners and stuff, did they just find you through Instagram as well? Did you reach out? I would actually reach out. So I was working with a girl in LA for about a year and a half and I actually reached out to her prior to me moving to LA. Oh, so just through email, like cold email? I actually DM'd her. Oh, okay. See, yeah. the DMs work sometimes. The DMs work. I think that DMs work if you're professional. Um, a lot of people that I wanted to work with were, was um, actually got through DM. So there was like a really popular... Im- um, influencer on YouTube that I worked with at her production company for about, I think it was like six months. She ended up closing um, her company, but I reached out to her through DMs, DMs and she was cool. I'm just bad about checking my DMs, but I still think they're really good. I forget about the ones with people you don't follow. I forget that they're there. Yeah. That's my issue. Yeah. But I still think that's good. Um. So what does your family think about your career and what you do? At first they were very unsure, like, my family's kind of old school, so, you know, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, they just yeah. were kind of, especially because in the beginning, obviously, like, it's slow. Like, you're not making as much money. Um, they're just kind of concerned about, like, your well-being. What are you doing? Can you take care of yourself? Those things. Because I had moved back home, so I was living with my parents. But um, now, they think it's great. Like, they brag about me all the time. Really? They're like, oh, my daughter does this or what, what have you. So I think now that they see that I'm able to, like, provide and then I'm able to, like, help them out as well, um, I think they realize 
this could be a thing. It's a thing. But it took that. them a it took them a while to kind of get on board, especially like when it comes to like internet based jobs where like you're in front of your laptop all the time. I'm editing, sending emails, making connections and things like that. They don't actually see you physically doing the work, like going out having interviews or whatever it is it's mm-hmm. just like they kind of don't understand kind of like the millennial world but once they see that you're able to take care of yourself i think they will they be good about more it so it. if you had any advice for somebody who was going through that like their parents don't get it or whatever what would you tell them i would just say keep honestly keep hustling keep grinding or whatever so that you can prove to them that everything is not in vain um and just include them on the process i know that it's hard like for some people who are currently maybe like living at home or like maybe they're the parents kind of have to help you out on rent or something like that it's just they're coming from a place of concern they love you they care about you but at the same time you know they they want you to be like self-sufficient so it's just like maybe if you keep them in i know sometimes we get aggravated so we don't tell them anything Mm -hmm. but it's like if you hey like this is what i'm doing this is what i'm working on like i would ask my mama you want to come on a shoot with me so you can see you know what i mean what i'm doing but i think once if you can involve them in the process a little bit then they'll I like that because I I know a few people who are going through that and they're just like, my parents don't understand. And I'm like, but they are giving you a place to stay though. Yeah. Like there's a level of respect. I think I think we just keep them out of the loop because, yeah. because it can be annoying. You know, you feel like they're like nagging you or harassing you. And I just think that if you kind of just let them see a little glimpse of what it, you know, they don't understand Instagram. They don't understand mm-hmm. these things. They're from an older generation. So I think if you kind of give them some grace, and kind of open yourself I love up. that because I never thought of it from that point of view. I definitely am the type that would just pull back probably and just yeah. be like, well, they don't care. You get you not- frustrated with them. For mm. sure. I went through a stint of that for a while and I realized now that I'm older and also just now that I've been doing it for a little bit longer, she just wanted to be in. Like, what exactly are you doing? I don't understand what you're doing. So then once we were able to kind of like have a conversation, she was really open about it. Like, oh, okay, I get it. And like, now she's bragging on you. Like, look yeah, at my look baby. At my that's how my mom is (laughs) so now that you're more established and people know who you are because I literally said your name the other day and they were like the girl with the spaces I was like she's a photographer too but do you plan out your Instagram strategy at all do you just post whatever whatever. see I think when your content's good you don't have to do all that stuff I think I just say my thing with Instagram is that I just try to make sure that my feed is consistent so whatever I do post I try to just make sure that it has a flow like the color tones are even and it's just like a a curated space it makes me happy when it looks a certain way um I don't just post just oh I gotta get it's Monday I gotta have content Mm -hmm. but do you post a couple times a week or just no literally whenever I think for me because I'm so like I'm kind of rigid with my Instagram feed like I need photos next to each other to look a certain way. I don't post on my actual feed as often as I honestly would like to. But one thing that has saved me, which I'm grateful to Instagram for, is Instagram stories. Same. So I've been able to grow my following um, without posting as much on Instagram feed by posting the stories. And I've really committed myself to making sure that my stories have kind of been A1. And it's funny enough that I've been... You were saying something earlier about you know, you were kind of doing everything with brown girl bloggers and then you transition into this space and it's like learning all over again. So I am a photographer, but I've kind of stepped into a new role of being an educator. Mm. So now I kind of teach women um, how to create like killer content using their phones um, through design, uh, photo editing and video. Mm-hmm. And so that's been really cool because my Insta stories, everybody's like, their Insta stories are lit. They like, literally are though. Like, so I'm jealous of it. Like, 
I wish <laughs> I had your talent so I could take your stuff. I'm not even gonna lie. It's so good. We just have to have a personal one on one on session. Yeah, right and because I just I'm like I'm going to New York and I'm like oh god I gotta take my own pictures. But no, it'll be fun. Yeah. So I guess that segues really good into my next question because I was gonna say if you have some quick tips that you could give to people to just make their Instagrams better if they only have a phone. That's what I was going to ask. My yeah, first totally. thing is like, wipe your lens off. But. That is my number one thing. Just wipe it. Because people be, Maddie used to say this all the time, you're out here looking like you're in a dream sequence. Like, it's Sis. just so hazy. Like, just you, the oils from your finger get on your phone or makeup. And it's just like, it really makes your pictures like not crisp. But if you just take a quick second, use your shirt, wipe the back of your screen off. I mean, your lens off, then it'll make your photos look super sharp. I also realized that a lot of people don't know that there's like a yellow box. Mm-hmm. So when you're taking a picture, if you tap and hold that box, so like if, if if you have a friend that's taking a photo of you and you have a cute outfit on you in Soho, you frolicking around. Okay, girl, let's get this quick picture real quick. You need to tap her, tap and hold that yellow square until it says AE slash AF lock. Mm. So basically it's locking the focus point. So wherever you move, it'll follow you around so yeah, that you'll be sharp, that. you'll be crisp. Ooh, girl, I didn't know so, that. And then you can also like swipe it up, swipe it down. So if it's too dark, you can swipe it up and it'll make it a little bit lighter. And if it's too bright, then you want to, Swipe, swipe it, down. it down. That's so good. I am. I'm going. When I go to New York, I'm wearing the same outfit because That's I can't take some pictures That's today. What I said when I walked in, I said, "Come on, crop top." Yeah, I'm trying to do it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Um, are you into like designers and fashion designers and stuff like that at all? Because you- I am into. I'm into street style. Mm-hmm. So um, I shoot fashion week every year mm-hmm. um i was super excited in february i actually got the street shoot street style for man repeller which is a pretty big um, digital media platform so you out here so that was super fun but the designers themselves like i have shot backstage at a few shows like my i had always said that i wanted to shoot backstage and my first backstage show was Bally mishka which is like mm-hmm. an older um brand it's super cool back there but i realized like now have now that i have like the perspective of being behind the scenes at a show and then like actually being on the streets I prefer street style just because I really love like people's individualistic style mm-hmm. like seeing how girls um put outfits together so I would say I do like designer stuff but I'm not like a designer person person I'm um, more so like I can more so give you names of like girls who's like yo their style is killing like I really rock with their style personal style and then how did you develop your style because I think you have a very distinct style um, I would say, honestly, I would say that I'm super, super inspired by street style, like just the colors, the tones of the street mixed with like people who, you know, they're super dressed to the T and then you kind of have like that ruggedness of the street. And I think there's like a contrast there. And I, I feel like if you look at my feet, like a lot of my photos really just display, like it's very contrast. contrast. So yeah. I think that just street style definitely has inspired inspired that but I don't know honestly I would just say like oh scat I would really attest a lot of like the eye that I have to what I was exposed to okay my tenure at scat for sure so I'm gonna be nosy now as we're winding down what's your biggest mistake that you think you made so far as a photographer Mm -hmm. or a business owner (laughs) you know in that realm my biggest mistake is like time management like time management is hard you know um people expect you to be perfect and you're not you're a human and you have to give yourself grace but definitely time management it's like trying to tackle everything i'm also like what's that saying where they're kind of like 
you need to learn how to delegate. You need to learn mm-hmm. how to give things to other people. I'm just so like, oh, I want it to be this way and this way. And so I think my biggest challenge is to kind of one, let go, to let someone else come, kind of come in so that things can kind of run more smoothly, run more easily, because I just can't do everything by yeah, myself. Yeah, you can't. So, so are you going to be hiring soon? So I'm actually looking for a virtual assistant. Um, if anybody has any recommendations or your visual <laughs> yeah, assistant. Yeah, um, I'm, I don't think I would do well with a virtual assistant. I'm really, so in person, person because I'm bad at answering emails and stuff. I need so a virtual assistant because I am currently a nomad. So. That's true. So with you, that would work really well. Yeah. Yeah, for somebody like me, I need you to be in my face yeah, to totally. be like, hey, Candace, this is your schedule tomorrow, like blah, blah, blah. So I actually just need someone who is super, who can hold me accountable too. So someone that's like, hey, girl, like this is what, this is what you have on the plate. Like, mm-hmm. have you done this or whatever? Mm-hmm. I just need kind of like a, that person that's like can hold me accountable. I always wonder, because I'm like that too. And I wonder, is it just that people like us become entrepreneurs or are are we this way because we were meant to be entrepreneurs or are we entrepreneurs because we are this way? Like mm, That's a good question. Because I think about that a lot. I definitely need somebody to schedule my day and stuff or like keep up with my calendar because I'm so into the content creation part. Like, for instance, if I'm doing an event, I want to do the content of the event. I don't right. want to do all the other stuff. around. I mean, I think it's like a hybrid thing because I think sometimes like for... I feel like you're super creative. Mm-hmm. I think you think from your creative side of your brain, as do I. So it's like when you have like the business side of things, I think it's kind of like unnatural for us. But being that we're entrepreneurs and at this time it's just us, you feel like you have to develop that develop that skill. And it's just like at some point you do the best that you can, but then it's like, okay, girl, you are not you you are not about this admin life. So come on, get somebody who's fired up about spreadsheets, who's mm-hmm. fired up about you know. We're we going to ignore that. No, <laughs> but I agree. It's so funny because I'm really good with spreadsheets, but only to the extent that I want to be. Yes. It's yeah. very weird. Yeah. So I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's just like you have to know where your skills are and where mm-hmm. they are. And when you get to the point where you have a little coin where you can pay somebody to help you with that, it's like why stress yourself out, out when you can about pay that somebody. when you just pay someone. Yeah. I have found hiring to be extremely difficult, though. It is. So it is very difficult. everybody says that's the hardest part once you start growing your team. And I have found that to be so true. So we'll see. Um, And then are you single or in a relationship? I am single. That makes being a nomad so much easier. I think I always ask people that because I'm just like, do you think being a nomad makes it harder to date at all? Or is that just something you're just like, I ain't even worried about that. I I definitely am looking um, or open my, I'm opening myself to like attract that relationship. But um, I think if you find like-minded, like a like-minded person, um, it'll be fine the guys that i've met recently they're cool like they're creatives they like to travel as well so I you want to have somebody who can travel with you and stuff for like sure that. for sure yeah i always think that's goals goals do you have a favorite quote um everything you ever wanted is on the other side of fear mm, I, I love that one because it's so true it's so true because listen your girl was scared last week I, I, I literally have had this conversation about five times this week with so many different people, especially being a photographer. I meet so many different women and they always kind of tell me like, oh, I'm working on this, but I'm scared to do this or that. And it's just like, girl, you just got to do it. That's how I feel. I feel I'm 27, right? I think I'm too young to settle just yet. Seriously. Like, okay. what? But if, even if you were 47, you're too That's young. true. I feel like 
people will say like, oh, what if you lose your apartment? Or like, for instance, Santa and Elise was really scary to me. But everybody was like, you can always get out of Elise. And if it doesn't work out, what are, they're not going to kill you. You yeah. know what I mean? But if you don't have that experience, then how do you know what you're able to accomplish? Mm-hmm. But one of me, I'm really heavy on faith. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like when God is calling you to do something, you just got to you just gotta I do agree. it. I feel like you're being disobedient if you don't listen to what he's calling you. I to agree. Do. I just think, yeah, especially because, especially if you don't have kids or like a mortgage or and something like that. Even if like you that. do have kids, I feel like there is no excuse for for That's just true. going after what you want. I wrote something on Instagram um, last night. Actually, it's like we are able to do whatever it is that we want to do. We just have to believe that we are able. And I will tell, I will tell you that I'm living testament because a year ago, if you would have told me that this is what my life would be like, I would have been like, "There's no way I could afford that." If he gives you something that's scary, if you do it, you'll be so surprised at mm-hmm. what, like, the resources that will open themselves up to you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then I have. One more question for you. Do you read at all? Um, and if you do, what are you into right now? I read all the time. So I have like a book or two books that I'm reading at one time. Um, right now, like I said, I'm really into my faith. So like a lot of the books that I'm reading are Christian. Okay. Um, I, I am looking for a relationship, kind of understanding like what is requ- not required, but just kind of like godly dating. So I'm mm-hmm. reading this book by Ben Stewart, which is called Single, Dating, Engaged, Married, which I love. Mm, I've heard of that. It's what do you really, love about really it? Um, I just like how his standpoint on dating, like that date, basically until you're married, you're single. Facts. And just how to navigate that world, that the world kind of puts puts dating as a status. And we think that we're supposed to do certain things when you have a boyfriend or when you have a girlfriend. But it's like, no, you're still single. You're still free. But when you get, you're just an evaluation period. You just need mm-hmm. to be evaluating that if this if, if this person is supposed to be for for you for the long term. And I think sometimes when we have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, we feel like we're just supposed to stay committed, mm. even though we see signs. Can we talk about it? This has nothing to do with what I invited <laughs> you here today. But I was having this conversation with a friend. I was like, "You are single. You have not been dating this man for very long, and you already struggling. Like, why are you?" Yeah. Why are you doing this? Or people think, oh, that's wifey. And that, no, that's not your wife. It, it, I, it really opened my eyes because I realized that I was kind of holding people that I was talking to certain standards. Mm-hmm. And it's like, once you feel like you get past the, oh, we're talking and we're exclusive, you feel like, oh, well, he's supposed to call me every day. Mm-hmm. Or he's supposed to make sure that my car has gas in it or whatever it is. I, I mean, I'm just kind of giving like generic examples or like with men, they feel like, oh, well, she's my girl. So I'm supposed to be able to get it every night mm-hmm. or what have you. And it's just like the book is kind of talking about the fact that we're still single and independent. And so dating is not meant to be an actual status. You're either single or you're married. There's the, the Bible kind of doesn't talk about marriage. I mean, not marriage, I'm sorry, dating, but just using dating as a period to just evaluate a person. I Is this a person that. that you can, when they're angry, how how do they act? Do they demean you? Ooh, do they? You preach and sis. And you know, it's so funny. I got married very young and we realized we didn't do that kind of stuff. Like we mm. didn't think about the biggest thing is like, what do I need when I'm upset? Right. Like, right. like the way I react when I'm upset was not really conducive to like a good relationship and, and vice versa. We weren't doing it. So we had to learn how to communicate to each other and give each other what the other person needs. Right. But when you're dating, you should think about that type of stuff. You need to think about what do I need from somebody who's going to be don't. my partner? We don't think about that. Mm-hmm. We get so, it, it also talks a lot about how like we get so like the adrenaline in the mm-hmm. beginning. It's like, oh my God, he could be the one, she could be the one. And you get so wrapped up into that and you start 
you're so like cloudy that it's clouding your vision of like other signs. It's like, wait a minute, when y'all have, when he says that he's going to come and do something, but he never does it. It's like, Actions. that's going to be a sign. Like if y'all have children and he says like, Hey, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And your kids are at the park and they're waiting for daddy to pick them up. It's like, you kind of knew that, you know, two years ago, but okay. yeah, we're ignoring those signs. So that's a really great book that I've been reading. Um, and then my all time favorite book is called the purpose driven life by Rick Warren. Mm, I love that book too. And I really think that for me personally, my life changed when I read that book and I was able to kind of understand like what my purpose is mm. in life. What is your purpose? Um, I'm still defining it, but I do definitely think that through my art and just the way that he created me to be like, I'm an empathetic person is that I'm here to help, to help women, to help, Mm. help them kind of see their light, help them recognize their worth. I'm recognizing my worth, but then as I'm recognizing mine, I'm able to kind of like pour into people and just motivate them. Love it. Okay. We're going to end on that very, very positive note. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> can you tell people me. where they can find you online? Yes. yes. So I, again, I'm Kay McCoy. You can find me online at Cookay Monster. So that's C-O-O-K-A-Y-E Monster. Candice mentioned my um, Cookie Spaces pages. So that's C-O-O-K-A-Y-E Spaces. And then if you want to check out my work, you, you View my website at K-K-A-Y-E McCoy, M-C-C-O-Y dot com. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can follow Brown Girl Bloggers at Brown Girl Blogs Everywhere and the Hue Collective at Join Hue. You can also follow me at Candice Van Y, C-A-N-D-I-C-E, V as in Victor, A-N-W-Y-E. And you can follow Michelle at Modernly Michelle. Michelle has two L's. Talk to you next week.